2024. It's 2024. The podcast is now four years old as of tomorrow. Think about that. This is 271. Danny's here with me. Sir, how are we doing tonight? Yo, what's up, man? Very honored to be your first guest of 2024 and not that piece of shit Big Rack because he didn't deserve it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we here, man. New Year, same energy. Yeah, that's exactly it. New Year, same energy. Uh, we had a great weekend of football. Week 17 uh, was uh, gave us some good games, but then there's some bad games. And then yesterday, two bangers in college football, and you can't complain about that one. Oh, yeah. I caught the end of uh, the Washington game, and I was just like, no way, because this is going to be like a top five blown game in sports history. But thankfully for Alex's sake, uh, they pulled it out, and uh, he's happy, and he gets to see his team in the championship. Shout out to the dogs and Alex. Yeah, he was on here last week, very passionate about his dogs. Um, but no, overall, like like we said, look, Michigan and Alabama, I don't know what Alabama was thinking. And then next Monday should be a good good final. That's the one thing I'm hoping for. Hopefully it's not like last year. Yeah, man, go dogs. I think Michigan got it. I don't know anything, though. I'm a very, very casual college guy. So, like, you know, outside looking in, I think Michigan has it. But, you know, for Alex's sake, go dogs. I'm the same way, but I feel like with Michigan, it's like a now or never. It's like you're going to win it now or they're not going to win it. You got you to gotta think that about Washington, too, because, like, are they really going to get back in this position again, you know? That is that is right, because, look, now they're in the Big Ten. There's a lot of stuff going on there. So I, I completely agree with you. I, yeah, I, it, it, it's going to be good next week. That's all I know. Um, but before we get down to the nitty-gritty of your team and my team, I got to ask you, look, this season for you guys was just – I don't even want to say bad. I'm just going to say weird because – from jump, it was never what anyone thought. It was going to be, you know, this is the year the Jets make the leap, but then Rodgers gets hurt. There's a, some issues within the organization. There's all the stuff with the quarterbacks. So, like, for you this year, do you think weird's a good way to describe the Jets season, or was there another word you would use? I would say I would say nightmare, but okay. I would also think that I'm pretty numb to this because it's the Jets, and they always find a way to have – to deal with some kind of shit like this and you know it leaves a sour taste in your mouth for next year like you're not gonna have the same kind of hype and same kind of like backing as you did this year from the fan base and we're just like sick of it at this point man um if next year doesn't go well like i really hope there's a big campaign to like get woody johnson to sell the team or something because at that point it's, it's this guy it's him you know i yeah I, I completely agree with you but i feel like at the same time too is it? I feel like it's almost better to have no expectations than to have these big expectations on your shoulders. Like, look, for example, this year with a team like Buffalo, who, look, they very well could win the division on Sunday, but they could very well miss the playoffs at the same time, too. And they were expected to, like, you know, do big things, be a true contender, and it's been a rocky road for them. Meanwhile, with you guys next year, it's kind of that thing where it's now like, a, hey, we can go in here and just mind our own business and do our own thing. And then whichever way it goes is how it goes. Cause we know you guys are locked into the third place in the AFC. East, so it's all just about now proving everyone else outside the league wrong. Instead of now it's that whole, Hey, what are the jets going to be as opposed to, Oh, the jets are going to be this. They're going to be great. First time of the playoffs since 2010. So I feel like that's where the whole perspective of having little to no expectations can help the jets. But at the same time too, I'm going to say this right now. Last year was like, look, quarterback, but I think now there's a bit more issues that have to be fixed, though, to ensure that stature of playing meaningful football in December. So the thing is, that would be great and all to do, but we also play in New York, and that's impossible. 
you yeah. know, there's going to be expectations. When Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and there's fucking cameras all around that, there's going to be expectations. And there should be, you know, from the fans as well. It's been, what is this, a 12-year drought now of no, of no playoffs, the longest in yeah. sports history. So, like, there's going to be the, – we're going to be under the microscope yet again. Um, the good thing about this season was is the holes got exposed and not everything was perfect like everyone thought it was going to be. Um, there's a lot of shit to fix. Uh, a lot of Joe, Joe Douglas's warts came out and they shined and they shined very, very brightly. Um, the O-line is awful. You need mm-hmm. at least at least three. I would say four, but, you know, you definitely need to get three new uh, new starters in there. So as far as the draft goes, I'm not looking at anything else but O-line. I know the shiny receivers look great. I know the tight end Brock Bowers looks amazing. I know, you know, you could go quarterback and that would be a great investment pick, but no, you have to go have to go O-line to reassure that. Um, all the Packers signings were busts. Lazard especially. This guy's a healthy scratch now, one year into his uh, $44 million guaranteed contract. Awful signing. A lot of people projected that. Um, Dalvin Cook was a joke. You guys know that I didn't want him from the start and predictably so. He was horrible and didn't we didn't need him. Um, as far as the defense goes, the defense, you know, it did its part as long as it could. It held up as long as it could until, you know, when you're seeing your offense go out there every week and just, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out. Now you're behind. It's just impossible to do. You know, you eventually just run out of gas. They're human. But um, as far as the defense, you know, it's it's fine. You know, you probably could use a, a minimal piece or two here and there, maybe at safety and de-tackle. But all your assets, all your um, all your money needs to go to the offense. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like with you, like especially, I love your receiver comment because it's like, yeah, you could beef it up, but at the same time, too, if you can get Garrett Wilson and then get him a complimentary piece and take some weight off the shoulders, it'll only help. Tight end, that's something like, look, you can go Bowers, but then there's always guys you can find that are like diamonds in the rough. Like, look at some of the top tight ends in the league. Samuel Porta was a second round pick. Travis Kelsey, I believe, was a second or third round pick. George Kittle was a fifth-round pick, so it's not like you have to go out there and get the shiny tight end right away. Um, offensive line, I completely agree. If you guys right now are in the top five, you got to look at either Alt or the kid from Penn State, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce for obvious reasons, but that's where I feel like you have to go because we saw this for the last couple years with the Jets where it's always about figuring out the offensive line and what to do because I said in Zach's rookie year, this offensive line is going to get him hurt. And it was the game in Foxborough against the Patriots where I was like, that's the game where it got the offensive line got Zach hurt. Um, but all in all, more than this year too, I think that next year is a huge hot seat year for both your both Douglas and both Salah. Because like, look, next year is, hey, you don't get it done. Not only is there going to be the talks of Douglas to sell the team, those guys, it's they're, they're, they're gone. Because after a while, it's the fourth year. There's been no signs of improvement, but I'll also say this too. The one thing that you can't have happen is you can't have Aaron go out there and be like, oh, I need to bring in my guys. I need to bring in this. Douglas just has to do what's the betterment of the organization. Now, do I want to see the Jets succeed? Of course not. Like Danny doesn't want to see the Patriots succeed, even though we're the furthest thing from success at the moment. But and all in all, those are just the major keys that you have to look at to ensure a decently competitive football team. Because we now know that, look, both New York teams, they're not easy fixes. There's a lot of holes involving both teams. I just think the Jets, it's more about shoring up and finding the right pieces. Meanwhile, with the Giants, there's a lot of what-ifs with a lot of their holes. Yeah, no. Um, I wouldn't even give them the full year. I mean, if we start out bad next year for the Jets, uh, I don't even think they should last, you know, 
it would have to be like one and four in my opinion or something like that or like oh and five yeah no Salah Salah really exposed himself uh this year as well as Douglas you know not not sharing up uh, you know a, a legitimate backup quarterback you know option was just a joke and you know the predictable happened you had a you had a 38 39 year old quarterback come in and get hurt and the season was over four snaps into the year i know we try to like hang on and be like no you know we have a chance but no you know zach wilson's one of the biggest busts in nfl history um predictably so you know the wheels came off and yeah now we're looking at what are we at? six and six and eleven something like that. So hopefully we lose this weekend, you know, get back some of that draft pick uh, status. I know we beat Washington, which was a horrible win. I was there live. I was rooting uh, for him to miss that field goal, but unfortunately he made it. And now we're probably looking at, you know, the the third best offensive tackle instead of, you know, the top two guys. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The Jets just, they just get in their own way way too much. And, you know, after 12 years of this bullshit, you're just numb to it. So you expect it, and you know anything anything good that happens to the franchise, you're surprised by it. So at this point, it's just kind of that's where like next year, where I say the no expectation thing. Obviously, playing in New York, it's different, but I mean from the sense of like you're gonna have like the media and all that stuff, but then the fans. I feel like there's a lot of the guys like you where it's just like you know, hey, it's like playing with house money at a certain point where it's just like eventually. If we have success, it's just it's a happy surprise. It's hey, we didn't expect this, so that's where I feel like the no expectations thing for next year can come into play. That that's all. That's where I wanted to get at with that. But no, with the rest of the organization, we'll see this Sunday. But this Sunday, I feel like you're going to get a lot of feelers out just for the whole, you know, who stays, who goes. Because I feel like the top candidate to go is Mackay Becton. I feel like this Sunday, 100, is his last game in a Jet uniform. We'll see where he ends up next year, but. Yeah, I think if I'm if I'm Joe Douglas right now, you gotta look at either getting a free agent in the tackle game or in the guard, or you know what, dra- like you said, drafting a top offensive lineman. Because for as nice well, as those shiny pieces are, round ones for fixing the holes, day two or day three is where you can take a risk. Listen, and I'm I'm a, I'm a hundred percent call that David Bakhtiari is gonna be a Jet next year. It's Aaron Rodgers' best friend. It's just it's just gonna happen. I know I know it's gonna happen. You know, and the guy gets hurt every year. Um, I don't really know if he's still good or not anymore because we haven't really seen him play in like what two years. Mm-hmm. So you're literally bringing on another Makai Becton situation back in. So if you bring him in, you're gonna have to get a a good insurance option behind him because in case he goes down, you know you're gonna have to. You can't run these practice squad guys out there like they've been doing all year and getting killed. Um, as far as Makai Becton goes, yeah, he's done here. That's that ship has sailed so far away. And it wouldn't even honestly surprise me to go see him bounce back with another team next year because that's just the way shit happens around here. Um, so yeah, he's done. Lake and Tomlinson's awful. I would honestly eat that money and cut him. I know it's like a nine million dollar dead cap hit, but at this point, man, just get rid of that guy. He's horrible. Um, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker, very good, can't stay healthy. Past two years, you know, obviously our best O lineman, but it just keeps we keep if we play in Denver next year, do not play him because every year we go to Denver, bro, he's fucking done for the season. Um, we have the rookie Joe Titman, who's the center. Uh he's he's shown some flashes, you know. Hopefully with another year of uh an off season program or whatever, he'll get better and be better next year. And then we also need a right tackle. So a lot of a lot of questions to figure out there. Um, Priest Hall, like I said, alien fucking. There was slow points in the season where he didn't look that great, but I don't know. It was more because of the O line. But these past two weeks, he's he's looked phenomenal, absolutely great. So I think you know he's all the way back from the ACL now. Let's get out of Sunday healthy with him, 
And then, you know, Garrett Wilson stud, but I think uh, he hasn't been perfect. I think uh, I think he's been dropping a lot of balls that he should be making uh, contested catches on to be that true alpha number one guy that we want him to be. Um, so, you know, he also has to take another step. As far as that, there's nothing really else about the op- You got to fill in holes everywhere else. So um, we'll see next year. I mean, Conklin's been okay. He's been, you know, he's serviceable. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, you need two receivers. You need three O-linemen and uh, a backup quarterback for sure. You cannot ignore that. So I'm sure a Gardner Minshew or a Jacoby Brissett's going to be getting, you know, top dollar from us to come back us up. And, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I feel like with the Jets next year, you have to have that reliable backup option in there, even if it – Aaron's just like, oh, no, no, I'll be fine. Like, you have Zach, no, because we now know, look, you can't have Zach. Zach's going to go somewhere else and do whatever. It's kind of like Mac in New England. You need Aaron, and then you need even take a flyer on a guy day three. Like, you know, like a Sam Hartman, someone of that elk who will probably be there in the fifth, sixth round. Um, And then bring in that veteran just in case Aaron does get hurt again. You know, you are protected this time instead of having all these question marks. Now, I know there's the whole stuff with Joe Flacco and all this stuff here. But with the Joe Flacco stuff, like, for as good as he's been with Cleveland – there's no guarantees that he was doing that in New York. He was like, absolutely not doing that here. Listen, yeah. we had him for three years. We had a horrible O-line all three years. Cleveland has one of the best O-lines in the game, and that's why he's doing what he's doing. And one of their best offensive linemen, too, Jack Conklin's been out for the entire season. So it's just a testament to how good that team is. Yeah, um, listen, that, team, that team's that team been beat up, yeah. left and right gutted, and they're still a, a top AFC team. And that's my questions about Robert Sala is, you know, like you can't use the injury excuse because you look at the Cleveland Browns and they're still, the, you know, they're still right in there. Yeah, I, com- I completely agree with you on that. And then um, obviously you're not going to care about this part, but then look, we're New England. It's been nothing but easy. It hasn't been easy this year. This is like the first true season where it's kind of like, yeah, okay, we're, we're bad. Like I didn't expect this, but I will say this. It's more of a relief that they're bad than that they're always at like seven, eight, nine win team, like where I thought they'd be. Because if they're in the same, because even two people are saying this, you're like, oh, if Bailey had started like three weeks sooner, the Patriots would be here. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, too, they're the exact same position with mediocre quarterback play where you're not going to get as good of a pick. Now, you know, look, you're going to get, we'll see what happens Sunday. There's a whole thing that came out today, too, with the Patriots on how they can still end up with number two. But. Yeah. It's just a matter of it, – it wasn't even the Patriots person who said that. It was, you know, Steve Kornacki, the guy from NBC? Yeah, I saw the scenario. Yeah, where if we win if – if the Jets beat the Patriots and the Falcons beat the Saints, no matter how much the Commanders lose by on Sunday, the Patriots will leapfrog the Commanders to that second overall pick. Do I think it happens? No, because I know at the end of the day, Belichick still has his weird vendetta against New York. So I do expect them – not expect them, but I'm going to anticipate a win. But if they lose – like I, I've been, I was saying this basically for the last few weeks, where if they win a game, you know what, it's great. They get a win, is what it is. But if they lose, it's you know, hey, you keep your draft position. Like even Sunday, I took covering the spread as a win. Where you were telling me this, and I had a couple other people being like, oh, what's up with the spread? But the second I saw it start climbing, I'm just like, New England's not going to get blown out in this game. I didn't think they were going to win, but I knew they'd cover it because like up here, some of our books had it at like 15 points, and I was just like, they're not that bad. But it's also a testament to. Not how good the defense has been, but the fact that Buffalo's offense couldn't get it going. Because if Buffalo's offense was going, that game would have been a blowout because of how bad Bailey played. But all in all, I think Sunday's game says more of, look, Buffalo's not perfect compared to New England just being bad, you know? Mm. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, 
it would it would just be fucking poetic justice if you guys end up with a fucking franchise quarterback after one bad bad season, <laughs> and we've been having those bad bad seasons forever, and we still can't fucking answer that question. But uh, you know, as long as it's not Caleb Williams, I guess I'm 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 alright with it because. So, I know there's no way we get Caleb Williams because I know you and I have talked about this. I'm waiting for a team to give a package to Chicago that's absolutely cuckoo, kind of like what Carolina did last year, like. Like, I don't know, like a Las Vegas, because you anticipate a team like Vegas doing that. Even a team like, I don't know, let's just throw the New York Giants for fun, because they have to like do a Hail Mary effectively for Joe Shane and Dayball to save their jobs for probably post-24, 25 going onward. Um, you also have, who's who's another team that's like middle of the pack that could do, like who would give up, a, not a fortune, but would give up a lot to go get them. Like, yeah. I think the, I think the commanders would do it. You know what? If, do you remember when San Francisco and Chicago swapped picks, but then Chicago got rinsed on the trade for it? Yeah. You could easily see that happening here, too. Like, I could see the commanders, you know, leapfrogging up. Like, say if they get the third pick, they leapfrog up, but then they also have to give up, I don't know, like a 25 first and like another, like a, another second and then like another player or something like that. Kind of like what Chicago got for, from Carolina last year. Because if you look at them now, if Chicago were to keep Justin Fields, I don't think there's anything that says, like, hey, that's out of the realm of possibilities. If they decide to go Caleb Williams, I understand it. But at the same time, too, Chicago's – people are starting to give that weird Detroit line comparison to them from a couple of years ago. I'm not ready to go there just yet because I'd like to see Chicago, you know, beat a good team. They've played – like, they've played against a bunch of – like, they've beat a bunch – bunch of teams you don't think i know they beat detroit but detroit's in division so it doesn't not saying it doesn't count but it's you know not that out of division win kind of like you know how for example i know the Jets season hasn't been perfect but you guys did beat the philadelphia eagles before we discovered they were fraudulent i mean so did the arizona cardinals so i don't think that win has much merit anymore but this though the cardinals beat them knowingly that we were knowing now that they're suspect you guys beat them before we knew they were suspect yeah, I mean, I guess so. It was, yeah. But listen, if I'm Ryan Poles, man, that's one of the toughest calls. I mean, it's either you get the you get the king's ransom and this generational prospect, or or take this generational prospect that you know, like he has a lot of similar traits to Fields. But um, I mean, I, don't, I just, I just, I just don't know where you go, man. This is like literally the future of the Bears, like as as crazy as it will ever get. Um, I'll probably go Caleb and trade Fields and get you know hopefully a second rounder for him. But uh, you know, either way, it's just, it's just a tough call to make, man. Ultimately, I do think they do go Caleb. I, I like not me saying they think they go Caleb, but I think going Caleb's a smarter route just for the long term. Like both can be long-term successes of the organization. It's just with the Justin Fields thing, next year could be that year where everyone's like, hey, they got a little bit more film on them. They know how they disguise them and how they use them. Because also, to be honest, Luke Etsy, not the best offensive coordinator in the league. Meanwhile, if you get Caleb Williams, you have that generational talent locked up for four a minimum of four years. So I think you ultimately have to go with that talent. It sucks, but that's the business. Because if you pair Caleb Williams, DJ Moore, a player who's really impressed me this year in Cole Komet. I was very questionable of his contract extension this offseason, but he's impressed me. Khalil Herbert out of the backfield has been looking good, and their defense has been balling. So if they can lock up Jalen Johnson, they can you know get some of the pieces in there, complement the offensive line a little bit, because guys like Darnell Wright have been playing really well for them this year. 
they can build something, but I'm not looking like next year where next year's the leap. I look at like, you know, a 2025 where it's like, hey, the Chicago Blackhawks are no longer that like, you know, we laugh at them. They always like find fun ways to lose. Like, because if you look at this year too, they had three games that they could have won. If they win those three games, there's a very good chance they're in the playoffs right now against Denver, Cleveland, and Detroit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of know what Fields is, but like, you know, how much higher is the ceiling, you know, that he can still yeah. get to? Um, obviously, this year has been his best year, I would say, uh, out of the out of all all his years. But uh, I, I think it's just that he just needs a change of scenery, man. Like yeah. the, the talent, the talent's there. I don't know. It's a tough call, man. I don't. I'm going Caleb though. If I'm polls. That's what I'm thinking too. Just because, like I said, you have the law, you have the security with him because Fields next year, you're potentially putting yourself in a Daniel Jones situation, and that's not. This is obviously look. You and I we're not Daniel Jones fans, but you put yourself in a situation where hey, he has one good year, and then all of a sudden he's just back to not being that good, or he's just like not playing ideal. It only hurts your organization more than it helps your organization. That's what I was trying to get at with that. So I think with Caleb Williams, you go, you take the pick. Unless the only tr- trade down I would consider doing if I were them is the one where if you want to move down like with Washington, I do think though this year's pick, it will take at least two firsts this year's, oh, next yeah. year's, and some other stuff to get the pick away from Chicago. Because if you're Chicago, you got to hold on to that pick and make the move that's going to help your organizational organization long term. But there is one team this year that really intrigues me in the draft, and that's the Arizona Cardinals, just because they are a team where I do think they are going to keep their quarterback, and that's the team I look at for Marvin Harrison Jr. to go to. Because if you pair him and Kyler, plus I don't know if you keep Hollywood Brown around or if you want to bring in someone else to be a complimentary wide receiver too, it could be a, could be good for them. Because if you look at Arizona too, Arizona, I know they've had four wins, but they haven't been bad necessarily. Like They've had some bad moments, but you look at them and you're like, okay, look, they're not just like laying down and letting anyone walk all over them. Yeah, I mean, they have a clear path unless Chicago swaps to number two because I think then they go Marvin Harrison. Yeah. But they'll have a clear path to Marvin Harrison, and that's got to be the most obvious pick of the of the draft night. Um, yeah, no, uh, Kyler's came back. He's played He's played himself into a job. Uh, they paid him. They can't eat that money. Um, I mean, if they were number one, the question was going to be different, but they chose to bring him back um, and fuck up their tank. Yep. Which is fine, you know. So I mean he's shown he's shown he's he could still be the same Kyler. They were, you know, playoff teams with Kyler before in the past. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think Marvin there would fit. If they don't if they don't somehow um if he's off the board, there's still great receivers, you know, that they could get. But yeah, you have to think they're going receiver. You you have to think so. I could see that they do have two first round picks, and I feel like if they because remember they have Houston's first round pick, so if they want to go offensive lineman, if like they, they want to go offensive lineman with their first pick, I think you could do that because you can easily get, you know, a Roman Wilson, a Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan. There's a lot of these ballers that are playing in next Monday's national championship that they can probably get with a Houston pick in the mid-20s. Because remember last year, all the good receivers, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers, they went in the 20s last year. So those playoff teams are still getting good caliber receivers. So if you're Arizona and they don't go receiver right away, don't freak out. I'm only saying that in the sense of if Marvin Harrison's gone. But if Marvin Harrison's there, there's no way you don't pass up on him if you're the Arizona Cardinals. 
Yeah, and I killed I killed the Texans last year for training that one because I thought it would easily be a top five pick. But man, hats off to them, bro. They've been they've been awesome. They're a fun team to watch. They 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 honestly have been. There's like I know this year everyone was going to the year being like Dan Campbell's gonna be head coach of the year because he's gonna win the division and all this stuff. And I'm always like from jump I was always so against that because if Dan Campbell's doing like if they finish I think they'll be twelve and five at their record. That's kind of like meeting expectations for them. You know, that's not you didn't do anything impressive. That's not you went out there and like you shocked the world. If they had gone the one scene and were as dominant as what we see from San Francisco, then absolutely. But with coach of the year, like there's three guys I look at right now and possibly a fourth. So I look at like D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. I look at Shane Steichen in Indy. I look at hell, even a guy like Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, or even a couple other coaches. Like I think if McDermott and the Bills get the two seed and win the division. I think you have to put Sean's name in there, even to like a, like a Sean McVay as well. A team where look, you and I probably didn't think the Rams are going to be shit this year, and they're they're a wild card team and they're a really resilient team. So a lot of these awards this year are really really hard to decide. Like even too, if you look at a thing like Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, I remember going to everyone's like Bijan, 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 and I'm just like, okay, let's simmer the talk down. Now, unfortunately, coaching was the issue with there, but. I feel like it's going to be CJ unless like Puka balls out in his last game, but that's just the thing. Going back to the coach of the year thing, there's it's just so open to who can get it. I think it's hands down Stefanski, bro, for everything that yeah. they've uh, overcame and still, you know, they're still a top team. I think it's easily him. Last I checked, I believe Stefan like Stefanski's odds like two weeks ago were plus eleven hundred to win coach of the year. I I don't know if they've dropped or not, but if they have dropped, if they have. If they've stayed afloat, I you gotta consider taking them, especially with what Cleveland's done. Like, look, obviously they they took care they they beat you guys last week, but just the fact that what they've been able to do, considering their injuries and considering the injuries to the most important position, you, you gotta look at it as like a holy crap moment. Because I'm just gonna pull it up quickly. Um, where are the names? Coach of the year. Well, Stefanski's number one right now at minus nine fifty, but. Uh, to be go wow, right, imagine getting him at 1100. Oof. Yeah. Now it's minus 950. So you got to bet 950 dollars to win 100. Um, and Lamar Jackson's a stupid favorite for MVP. And uh, ooh, and then Miles. So Cleveland could clean house too. With Michael Miles Garrett at minus 250 for Defensive Player of the Year, and Kevin Stefanski for head coach. But no, ever since uh, Andy McNamara came on here, he's the one who got me on um, Stefanski for Coach of the Year. Um. I'm going to go back to New England for a second because I know you kind of tell me, like, oh, what's going to happen or, like, what's going to go on there. I'm going to say this for next year. I like You know how you're saying, look, if they get a generational talent, it's just not going to be funny. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just think that next year is more – like, I view them right now – like, you know how the Bears were really bad last year where next year is kind of a year where it's like, hey, let's see what happens? Mm-hmm. That's me next year with New England. Like, if New England were to go 7-10 and 10 next year, like, I would be more than okay with that. I feel like – Anything greater than, like, if they get their fifth win, like, by the end of November, I'm going to be like, hey, we were better than last year, you know? Because for years, it was always, at least it's not 2020. Now, it's at least it's not 2023. I mean, there's not really much room to go down uh, no. if you're New England. The, 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 obviously, the obvious question is, is Bill going or is he staying? Um, I've played two scenarios in my head for you that I've been playing for a few weeks now. There's one where he's kept just because, like, you know, it's – prolonging the inevitable and then there's the obvious where and i'm gonna say this right now you know how black monday's a thing yeah 
I don't think this is happening. If this happens, it's going to happen, like, you know, week of, like, the conference championships. Like, you know, like, they're doing their, like, the Tuesday of conference championship week where it's just like, hey, Bill Belichick's announced he's not coming back to the Patriots anymore. Like, remember right as COVID was beginning, it was the St. Patrick's Day, and that's when, hey, Tom Brady's not coming back to New England. I think it's going to be something very similar with Belichick where it's, hey, he's leaving here and he's going to coach here. And I don't know if there's ever going to be a de facto trade for him, but I feel like, if anything, it would be, you know how the Saints got compensation for Peyton going to the Denver Broncos? I could see something like that happening. I mean, you gotta you gotta think the decision's already made. I mean, what more is there to tell that you know isn't already told? I mean, if you look at the roster on New England, like outside of like Gonzo, uh, you know, um, Barmore, I guess you could say Duggar, who's a free agent, uh, Judon, and I don't know Awenu. Like, what really do they have? You know, that's a big rebuild, I feel, you know, to get back to the top. Oh, and does he really just have that timeline to do that? That's where I don't think so because New England for next year, look, they're top three for cap space. I believe they have like 85 million or 88, somewhere in that range they get to spend this offseason. This is not going to be 2021 where they go on a goofy spree and just keep spending on all these guys because they do have a lot of internal pieces to take care of. Um, but one thing I'll say, though, is for next year, no, it's not an easy fix. Left tackle's got to get fixed. Trent Brown is on his way out. That's just, you can see the signs already. It's like Mekhi Becton where, hell, Trent Brown's not even playing at this point. Um, the guard position, they got pretty much on lock. Cole Strange didn't have really the best year. He's been on IR. We'll see what happens there. And then hopefully they can get a Wenu sign. And then they kicked the Wenu out the right tackle. And he's been playing great. Uh, City So has been a great rookie. Fourth, fourth fifth round pick out of Eastern Michigan. I'm trying to remember where. But centers are a million-dollar question because I do can see David Andrews retiring, and the backup center, Jake Andrews, really isn't leaning there. And I was on, hey, let's go draft Seth McLaughlin until I saw what Seth McLaughlin did yesterday in the Alabama game. Um, but, no, I'm not here to say this is a one-and-done, you know, hey, fix this, get the quarterback, and we're all good again. No, this isn't like what we saw with, like, Kansas City in 2017 where it's, hey, you're a quarterback away in the draft. No, this is you got to fix the offensive line. you got to get some defensive pieces re-signed. You got to get a wide receiver one. Um, tight end position is okay, but it could be better if that makes any sense. Same with us, yeah. Yeah, like Hunter Henry's a serviceable tight end one. Gasecki's been a bit of a ghost this year. Farrell Brown's weirdly been the better tight end. And if they ran back the running run back room of Zeke and Mondre again, I'm going to be honest with you. I know you're not happy with Cook, but Zeke's kind of shown that he's been serviceable throughout the year. Like, I'm not saying he's been good or like he's not Dallas Zeke. But he's been like, hey, he's got touchdowns in three or four games since Ramondre went down. And uh, even, too, Kevin Harris, our pick from last year, South, South Carolina, shout out Phil, um, has been good when he's been needed to be. So it's – and also in, in pass pro. So it's – and also, to injuries is a big part of this year, too. Look, Kendrick Bourne, torn ACL. Marcus Jones went down to the torn labor in week two. Christian Gonzalez, bicep injury week four. Judon – shoulder injury week four. So if those guys come back healthy, I'm not here to say that it's going to be next year is going to be great. That's why I said next year, Hey, if they go seven and 10 next year, it seems like it's a good season. But the only reason I would hold out hope is because I love to say this with the NFL every year, you always have a few teams that just go from good to bad. Look at the LA Chargers, for example, like I'd rather be where new England is right now than where the Chargers are right now, if that makes any sense. So it, like in a weird, wacky world, it's all of a sudden, hey, New England caught lightning in a bottle, but 
to be honest with you, I don't see that happening. If this team can be playoff contention by 25 or worst case scenario, 26, that's where I look at it as okay. So I look at next year as a year to build and improve. And then you look from a couple of years, two to three years from now, where it's like that, hey, we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, like I said, the biggest question mark is going to be, is Bill there or not? And then, you know, from there, that's how long you're going to determine how long that rebuild's going to be. Because, I mean, finding a quarterback, I mean, obviously, I know you're going to have a top three pick. Got to get that right. And then mm-hmm. you just got to fill in the pieces in between. But it's not even about getting it right. It's about getting it right and then developing it properly. Because, like, and developing for, ex- it, yeah. cause for example, Mac, like, if we look at Mac at year one, I know everyone likes to look at that Buffalo game as, like, an outlier where it's like, oh, he's bad. He only did this. I'm just like, look, the Patriots won that game. I don't care. It's like last year, basically, when he went down with the ankle injury against Baltimore. Pretty much from there on out, he was never really the same. He had, like, a handful of good games, but one of them was against Sam Ellinger, so I don't really count that one. And then another one was when Kyler Murray had a torn ACL, but even in that game, they had a fumble six. And, you know, this year was just... How do I say it this year? He had that weird game against Buffalo where I'm like, where the hell has this kid been? And then ever since that Buffalo game, it's just been... Downhill, and then the Colt game was where my final straw came in with him. Where it was, yeah, I'm done with him. You're just you're throwing balls for the sake of throwing interceptions. Like when you're just doing it to get rid of the ball. Like when you look at Bailey compared to Mac, it's two different quarterbacks. Like Bailey Zappi goes in there, and he looks like an NFL quarterback. Bailey Zappi's ability to escape pressure, his ability to get around pieces. But I'm not here to say Bailey Zappi's a starter. No, Bailey Zappi though, if for some reason. I knock on wood just because obviously you don't want to hope for injuries in football, but they do happen. If quarterback, the rookie quarterback were to get injured next year, Bailey Zappi's a guy you put in. Yeah, he's not the best quarterback, but you know he's not going to go in there and like F it up, you know? I mean, I'm praying for Bailey Zappi to be your starter next year. Oh, believe me, I know you are. But next year, my ideal scenario is – actually, I had a fun one for you. They get a rookie quarterback. They get Bailey Zappi and – Russ know, Wilson, baby. Oh, I was going to say Jimmy Garoppolo, but okay. Ross Wilson. Hey, man, it's right there for him. Yeah. You know, it would be funny if he went there and actually <laughs> thrived. No, I'm just going to say this. It'd be funny if he went there and thrived just because of what happened. Because considering he had one of his lowest moments of his career against Seattle. One of his yeah, worst throws. That would be a uh, poetic justice, but uh, I think it's another Cam Newton 2.0. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that's just for fun. In in reality, let's let, let's just let's just go to that. So obviously, look, I don't know what's going on with Denver. I do think though that what they're doing with Russell Wilson is going to set the organization back. I just can't see them, you know, drafting a guy next year and it's all of a sudden, hey, we're good again. I I, I can't see that just because Denver always gets in their way. Plus, two, I like to give the line of they sold their soul to get that Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Um, but with Russell Wilson, if I look at a couple teams where he could go. I just can't see it being like a New England. I can see it being that, you know, fringe playoff team where you think you're a quarterback away, a.k.a. what New England was three years ago. So, like, for example... The Falcons. The Falcons, the Steelers. Um, what's another Steelers one? Job. That's a good one. Yeah, like the Steelers. Um, hell. Raiders. Yeah, the, that's, a, that's a brilliant one. The Raiders. Uh, what, like, what's another one? Um, I actually have a fun one for you. Could you see him going to Seattle in a reunion? No shot. Zero shot. I only say that just because 
I did talk to Alex last week. I don't know how much you listened to it, but I did ask for the quarterback situation. They they probably will get out after Geno. They probably will get out from under Geno because there is a very out. There's an out they have this year where they don't owe him anything and there's no dead money oh, to wow. it. Yeah. So his contract effectively is a one year, $28 million deal. Um, so they can get out of it. So that's where I looked at it, where I'm like, hmm, it could happen, but I doubt it. In all honesty, I think Seattle's a team where they like draft a guy and, you know, you have that veteran in there and then probably Drew Locke's still chilling around for them. But no, like a team like Vegas, Vegas, uh, Denver, not Denver, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, those are the potential Russell Wilson landing spots I'd look at. I would say New Orleans, but their money situation is terrible and they're not going to pay Russell Wilson. Yeah, no. Um, no. He'll, 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 I mean, you can't, if you're a team, you can't be like, all right, Russell Wilson's going to be our starter, like penciled in, no. you know, like penned in. But, uh, you know, maybe even, I, I think it just makes sense with New England because. If you guys get a rookie, you and you just want him to develop properly, you know that's that that works. You know that's fine. But I mean, if you guys are going to try to compete, that's different. That's a little different. Yeah. No. Next year, like I, like I told you earlier, I'm not going to be out here next year saying the Patriots are going to be fringe playoff contenders or anything like that. It's one of those things next year where if they have like a Houston Texan esque season, it's great. It's fantastic. But it's just it's it's not in the cards, in my opinion. Um, that's why I said, like, if they went on and got, like, a Jacoby Brissett or a Jimmy Garoppolo next year, that's what I could see happening. Because if you had Russell in Vegas, you could easily have Aiden O'Connell start the year at quarterback, and then he has a couple bad games, and then it's, hey, Russ, you're, you're going in. So that's where, I, that's where I look at that. And then I look at Pittsburgh, too, because it's the whole, you know, Mike Tomlin can fix him because I'd like it's bad because Kenny Pickett's healthy this week, but you're going with Mason Rudolph. Like, that's how bad the Pittsburgh quarterback situation is right now. He's looked the best out of all three of them. Yeah, that's not a good thing, too. <laughs> it was like, uh-huh. I don't know if you saw the game against his Patriots. Man, Mitch Trubisky was terrible. Yeah, that guy sucks, man. Yeah. But he unlocked Pickens, so. He he did. You know what? He did. I'm, I had 33 points that one week of fantasy. But um, what was the next thing I was going to go to here? Um, but, yeah, no, this honestly – so there's two things with this NFL offseason. One, not even off. Like the offseason is going to be great as always, even though it's here and it sucks. And for our teams, they, it's the last time we get to see them for pretty much eight months. But with um, this Sunday, I'm more intrigued by the draft pick order than the playoff order. You know, oh, you, have, sure. you have all these teams that are right there in the mix. You have all these teams where it's, you know, hey, flip of a coin, anything can happen. And I wanted to play a little game with you on the show today. So obviously there's a like I'm just gonna give the playoff picture right now and then we'll do the in the hunt graphic. So if I were to give I want you to give I'm gonna say a team and I want you to give me a number of one to ten in your confidence in in them and making a run during the playoffs or how far like not how far they can go, but like you know, just like how much confidence you have in them going into the playoffs. Okay. And and we're gonna start with the obvious we're just gonna start from the the best teams and go down the list. We're gonna start with the Baltimore Ravens. Nine. You know what? I'm going to go for an eight just because we've seen this before with Baltimore where they have, like, when they're, like, the top dogs, like, 2000 is obviously an exception because they had one of the greatest defenses of all time. But I just looked at what they did four years ago where, look, they had the bye, they had it all, and then Tennessee came in and just slammed the door on them. So I'm not too, too sure on them. But I feel like if they were to go on a run, this is the year to do it. I think um, they're just more physical than everyone else. Yeah. They hit hard. Um, I think they still – they're getting Mark Andrews back too, right? 
I don't know if he's going to play Saturday, but I think he'll be playing for the playoffs. Yeah, for the playoffs. So, you know, you you, you discovered likely, like who's a weapon now. You add Mark Andrews into that. You know, the receivers look great. They're just positioned well, man. That You know what they are? And their defense, too, is very hard hitting. Zay Flowers and Odo back and having great. And here's the other thing, too. They lost J.K. Dobbins right at the beginning of the season, too, to another torn ACL. He's another guy who unfortunately can't stay healthy. Um, and then I'm going to go San Francisco, and I'm going to go a 10. I'll say a 9 again. Um, yeah. The only thing stopping them is probably another party injury. I, I don't even think that. I think if anyone else goes down, because like what we saw earlier this year where like Trent Williams – Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, like if those guys, if their guys are banged up, they're in trouble. But if all of them, including Brock, stay healthy, I've been saying this for a while now. This feels like back in the day where you had one really good team and then you had a bunch of teams in the mix. Um, the my oh, this is a fun one. The Miami Dolphins three. Uh, I think they're frauds. I think they've been frauds all year. Um, if they lose this Sunday, it's going to be laughable. I'll be right there. And Big Rats mentions uh, as soon as that game ends, he'll be quiet about it. Um, they'll be on the road. I won't be surprised. I think they go to Buffalo if they end up a wild card, right? Either Buffalo or Kansas City, right? Yeah, one of the two. One of the two. Yeah, so they're losing that game. And, yeah, we get to, we get to laugh at them. I'm going to say this right now with Miami. I'm sorry, but the fact that they had the one reporter basically bitch about running up the score when your team literally did just that three months ago is not a good look. Like Miami's Miami's that team that like you know when you have a friend that's like a prankster or a bit of a shit disturber, of course. And you know when you dish it back to them and they get really pissed at you and it's and you're all of a sudden a bad person. That's <laughs> the, that, that's the Miami Dolphins <laughs> and Big Red. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, when your team's good, it's great. But then when it's like, hey, when it's going bad, it's just like, oh, there's like all excuse those. Excuse number one, excuse number two, excuse number three. Yeah, like I'm sorry, but the fact that like we know Baltimore is good, but your team, if they had lost like 36 to 19, it doesn't look as bad if it's a 17-point game. The fact that they that defense allowed 50 points and lost one of their best pass rushers in the process – and has lost two of the best pass rushers this yep. year in garbage time. And Xavier Howard. Yeah, who's who? I don't know if you saw this. He is week to week. He is not day to day. Yeah. So I don't think he's playing Sunday. He's he's, be he's washed either way. He's he's toast. Well, I mean, what do you want from him? He's getting all these women pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't been talked about. Danny and I talked about that. That, that, that crazy lady smashes Bentley. But listen, man, he uh the the Dolphins beat up all these bad teams, and it, and it means a lot. So, yeah, Th- this Sunday's a really good chance for them to prove everyone wrong. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna go Buffalo because I feel like this is a game when the lights shine brightest. Josh Allen's gonna show up and get the win. Josh Allen's showing up on Sunday, and I hate Buffalo, but that yeah. it's it's I called it what three weeks ago that is there any way that they're not gonna win this division? Like, come on, yeah. we all this is so predictable. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it's just predictable, and like I said too, they win this division, they go to the two seed. That's where I think Sean McDermott gets his name back into the coaching thing. And it's also weird too with them because ever since that weird Al Qaeda hit piece came out against him, they've not lost a game. I mean, their backs were as far against the wall. You know, you even had Greg over here saying you got to fire Sean McDermott. Their backs were against that wall, and they pushed themselves out of it. I mean, I, it was it was to be expected. I feel like they weren't going to be that bad forever. They have too much talent to be that bad. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm very, very, very excited for that game on Sunday. 
Exactly. And I'll say this too. I was trying to get Big Rat and Greg on the podcast, but unfortunately, Greg does have some, Greg, uh, Greg's not available. So we wish you the best, Greg. Um, I'm going to go with a four for the Dolphins just because I feel like there's a chance to turn it around, but I'm not fully confident. It's like, hey, I could see them doing it, but I don't think it'll happen. Tyreek has to be like super duper alien for them to have, you know, a run. That's that's basically it. There's no other way. Exactly. Like, I think the fact, too, that he's only at like 1,600. I don't know how many yards he had Sunday, but I don't think he's going to get to 2K. So I think for him, his MVP conversation has gone out the window. Plus, two, I think Lamar Jackson locked it up on Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's done. And another fraudulent team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, another team can't play on the road. Uh, look, Luckily, it looks like they're going to win the division, right? I think so. Am I right about that? I um, I think if them and Philly are tied, I think there's a chance that Philly wins. But I think if Philly were to lose to New York somehow and they beat Washington, I think it's Dallas's. Because right now I know Dallas is in second place in the NFC. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So then, I mean, if they got to go on the road, you know, for the first game, I mean, I don't really have too much confidence in that. Uh, I'll go five. Yeah, I'm going to go with a five, too, just because with Dallas and that team that you just – you think that they're going to be good, but then they like they'll they'll find a way to screw it up. Like look at last year, they were in San Francisco. They had a chance to win that game. Dalton Schultz couldn't get his feet in bounds, and then you do that stupid play with Zeke at the end of the game where it's just like, oh, okay, cool, you don't want to be here. Um, and then looking at the next team on here, I'm going to come out and say this right now: Detroit Lions. I'm going to go with six. I am not confident in them to make a run just because I think they're that team that they need a playoff humbling to build from to where next year you come in and get the fire under you. And I'll also say this as well. There is a very evil part of me rooting for Matt Stafford to go into Ford field and rip their fan, rip their hearts out wildcard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go five or six. Um, there's going to be a moment where Dan Campbell gets too aggressive and it's going to backfire again because that guy never fucking learns and he wants to be the coolest guy in the room and apparently having the biggest balls in the room. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to backfire in the playoffs at one point. It's one of those things when it's successful, it works or it's not successful. You look like an idiot. Like, I'm sorry. I know there's the whole controversy with the Brad Allen stuff on Saturday, but two things were pointed out today. And Florio pointed them out that he thinks that Detroit was temp probably trying to pull a fast one and try to get away with everything. But at the same time too, once there's the two penalties called the third time, take the points and go to overtime. I'm thankful they did, I'm thankful they were stupid because hey, Detroit plus five and a half. I was on that all week, but I'm just Detroit. You're just waiting for them to do something stupid. That's the thing with them. You just wait for them to do something stupid, and then they just can't get out of their own way. Yeah, he's an emotional coach. Um, listen, when you throw that interception and it didn't count, like that's just. Kick the fucking extra point, man. Like you're basically telling your defense, I have no trust in you, you're not gonna win this game. That's it's it's just it sent a wrong message, a horrible message, and it really pissed me off. So um for betting reasons. But uh yeah, man. Uh I I'm totally against Detroit now and I don't care to see them, you know, win more than a playoff game. If they don't even win a playoff game, that would be funny. Fam, last time I won a playoff game, like I was a baby and now I'm 30 years old. So that's how long they've, uh, that's how long it's been for them. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, six. And it's only a six because of Mahomes and he can, you know, go on a superhero run. But I just don't think it's happening this year. Uh, there's way too many holes. Kelsey's looking washed, like absolutely washed. This guy hasn't done a damn thing. 
Um, and their defense, you know, had, they almost uh, they almost lost to, to to Browning, man. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think when the when the real team starts to step in, they're gonna they're gonna be able to handle them. If if it's them versus Buffalo in the wild card round, I will hammer the Buffalo Bills as much as I hate to say that because Buffalo knows how to go into Arrowhead and win. I know they lost in the playoffs, yada yada yada, but every pretty much I think most of the regular season games, Buffalo's gone in there and taken care of business. And think about this too. And I had Joe Miller last week say this on the podcast that Josh Allen won those games on two separate occasions last year and they just couldn't they couldn't hold on. So that's the one thing I'll say with Kansas City. Like, look, I know they got Mahomes, but if their defense I, I'm not. I'm going to say this though. If their defense does something and we just snap our fingers and they're there again on Championship Sunday, I'm just going to go. What the fuck? Because it's just like Mahomes is barely getting by, but it's because of the defense is why I have some confidence in them that I'll go with the six. But man, if their offense, if Mahomes cannot be Mahomesy and Magic Mahomes, like there's or, or if they lose wild card weekend there's going to be a lot of questions to be answered in Kansas City because i think it's that humbling of hey this isn't going to be easy every year like how a lot of their fans think it is yeah no um i don't know i mean you could just never count them out because yeah. of Mahomes but you know it it shouldn't be this year where he goes on the Cinderella run like it should, it, should, it can't it can't it can't possibly happen no, but if it no, I, I honestly think that if he were to, that's the start of his villain arc in the NFL. That's his heel turn. He's I think he's already turned heel this year, but uh that's like the official like he's a tweener right now. It's the, the official heel turn. It's that's the, the, it's that's the, the uh that's the McMahon chair uh Austin pairing right there. All that's the corporation all over again. But uh yeah, no, I, I they're probably a second round ceiling, I would say. Okay, I'm going to end with just two more teams. I'm just going to end with one more team because actually I'm going to go to – I'm only going to say the teams who have playoff spots locked up because there's some that don't. Uh, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to go with a two. Ooh, uh, I'll go with a six. You know, they could – I mean, they were playing well in the beginning of the year. If they can find, you know, that magic again, they were very hard to beat. But it's just like I don't know. It's been looking rough these last this last month or so. So I don't know if they can. But if they do, you know, they they I think they're better than uh, the rest of the NFC for sure, except for the Niners. The the only thing I'll say is is if they go on a run, it's going to be because Dom's back on the sidelines because they've only won one game since Dom left. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Yeah. But with them though, I don't know if you saw this, but there's the reports that I think if they lose in the wild card round, it looks like Sirianni might get fired. Yeah, he's a douchebag. I don't like him. Um, I don't think anyone would be crying over that one. No. And also, too, like, I don't know if you saw this, but, like, Eagles fans were tweeting out, like, Brian Johnson and Sean Desai made Epstein's list and shit like that. So it's just, like, um, I'm just looking at that, like, oh, my God. Like, what are, what are you guys doing? But, no, the Eagles, honestly, like, it's been such a fall from grace where I think they're a fan base where it's, oh, you know what? We're just going to build Georgia North and we're going to go to the Super Bowl every year when in reality – Look, you go back to week one, Mac Jones handed them a victory on a silver platter, and it came down to the last play of the game for them to win that game. Minnesota backdoor cover. Commanders, I think, two backdoor covers both times. Uh, They lost to you guys. Uh, They had a tough time with the Rams before we knew what the Rams really were. And even still, like the only signature win they got this year was like against Tampa Bay when we weren't sure what Tampa was. 
and Miami. But besides that, like there's not and also I think even to the one Dallas game they won, they only won by five points. So there's not really a victory this year. And even too with with New Philly, I look at the last two weeks. Like I'm sorry, you should have handled the New York Giants. You were up twenty to three at the half, and not only did you open the door to cover the thirteen and a half. If it weren't for Darren Waller being an idiot and not understanding clock management, who says the Giants lose that game? Fucking idiot, Darren. Yeah, that's another idiot that I can't stand. But you know, uh, yeah, no. Um, they they have to they have to go out there this Sunday and get the vibe back, man. They have to go out and blow up the Giants. They have to absolutely. It cannot be close under no circumstance. And also, I'm going to say this again because it's for the people. But this Sunday, you we play the Boston Scott game again got to come right it has to yeah it has to i want to look i just want to look it up right now to see if it's listed already but like because last time the odds were like they're fading and weird but i feel like this time the odds are going to be higher because he didn't score last time i feel like if he had scored christmas day the, the odds would be probably pretty bad but the fact that he didn't score i think it could help their case while i look that up i want to ask you about the cleveland browns uh the browns man i'll go i'll go with like a uh Five, six. I mean, I don't know. This this Flacco Cinderella shit, like he's gonna start seeing some real defenses here, um, and real pass rushes. So he's very prone to turning the ball over. And when, when a Flacco game goes bad, it it's it goes horrible. So um they've been playing from ahead, or have they? They've they've had they they've had a couple comeback wins. The Bears the Bears game. Yeah. So I mean it's it's a nice story for now. The team has talent, but they're just missing too much. I don't think they can really go on that run. I would love to see him versus Baltimore, though. That is the other villain arc I would love to see. Not Detroit, L.A. going into Detroit and beating the Rams, but him going into Baltimore, divisional weekend. Because I, I don't think that would be a conference championship matchup, but if they were to do that, like that's, that's poetic justice right there. I'm going to go with a oh, five yeah. for the Browns just because I feel like when this plane cr- – when wait, I'm, I don't want to say plane crashing metaphor. I'm going to say this. When it rains, it pours. Does that make any sense to you? Oh, yeah. Like, when they lose, like, I don't think they're going to go out, like, a close game. I think if they lose in the playoffs, they're going to get killed. I think it's just going to be one of those games where the wheels fall off, they get cooked by some team, the defense just can't stop anything. Joe Flacco has, like, three really bad interceptions, and they just lose by, like, 14 points. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and all credit to them, man. They're, the yeah. fact that they're even in this in this position. Uh, next year is a year to look at the Browns when they're back and all healthy. That's the thing with them, though, where it's like next year where it's like, hey, Deshaun Watson, because he, he's not going anywhere. His money's guaranteed, and uh, they get pushed a lot of it back to next year where I think it's like he's due like $60 million. It's 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 stupid how much yeah. money he's going to get next year. But, no, I'm not saying that because I don't not like Cleveland. I'm just saying that because it's, you know – it's what I can see happening because that's the NFL for you where when it rains, it pours, which, you know what? Hey, 2024, that's the name of the first podcast of the year. Um, or the Austin McMahon angle. Well, I think I might go wrestling. But, um, and then the last team I'm going to go with is the LA Rams. And I'm going to say this number. I'm going to say a seven just because they know how to win. That's, that's because, fair. Yeah, you can never count on McVay. He's just, you know, that guy's just like different from anyone else. I think they're, they might be the only team that, could take down the Eagles. I mean, not the Eagles, the, the Niners. Um, just from all that history, um, I would not be shocked to see that happen. But, uh, yeah, seven is fair for them. Yeah. they did. Hey, they did it two years ago. The The Niners went into SoFi. Jimmy threw a really bad interception. But 
because like for as much as I think San Francisco's going to win the Super Bowl, the Rams are the one team where I'm like, don't be shocked if they're back there again. Do not be shocked because the Rams know, have man. what it takes. Kyle, Kyle just can't get it done, man. Kyle, you know, every year he gets so damn close and he just finds a way to like not get it done. And I think it's going to be the same this year. As talented as they are, I think I don't know. I think that I think Purdy, something will happen where you know they're like, "Damn, is Purdy really the guy? Can we really do this again next year with him?" But we'll see. Exactly, because my other thing too with Kyle is is when does his seat become hot? Because eventually you gotta win a Super Bowl. That's the thing. Like I'm not saying oh he should be fired immediately, but like eventually it's gotta be. You gotta go out there and win. Like you can't just can't keep on like you know getting so close and like to give a weird metaphor, you're like edging your fans for a Super Bowl championship. Like you got to eventually climb the mountain. Yeah, man. Same thing with Mike McCarthy, bro. He should, he might be a surprise firing too. Oh, that's not going to be a surprise firing. I already know what's going to happen. He's going to get fired. And then Dan Quinn's going to get the head coaching job there. I can, I would put like a thousand dollars on that. Or Bill Belichick. There is like two things I do not want to see happen. And that is one of them. Like I, I heard of a, a Cowboys or no, a reporter's a Cowboys fan, Shereen Williams. She actually said that apparently she would get a cowboy tattoo like on her, like on her, like a body part. You can't see, I'm pretty sure it was her ass of a cowboy logo if they did that. It would, it's something that I think Jerry would be crazy enough to do, but Kraft and Belichick have coexisted. That would be a shit show waiting to happen. That would be. Tony oh, yeah. Khan. That would that would be Tony Khan explaining Chris Jericho's actions while wearing his sunglasses and a hat, looking like a total coke, coke addict. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what that would be. Just Jones and Belichick. Like that's just that's a that's a that's gasoline on a fire. Um, but to end the show, I want to ask you this because it's that time of year. If you had to pick one honest surprise firing, like what we saw with Brian Flores two years ago, not saying the situation surrounding it or anything like that, but just the whole element of surprise for firings. Who's one coach you think that could be a surprise firing we could see on Monday? Well, what's oh on Monday? Or like, you know, sometime next week, like right after the season's done. I mean, would Sirianni be a surprise? Seeing that they're they're gonna they're in the playoffs, no. Um maybe Mike Vrabel? You know what? That's one I like. He's also my main candidate to coach New England because you know if that happens, Kraft's going to be running to his doorstep. Because um, like when you look at it, like I think Arthur Smith's gone. Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael should be gone. Um, I actually have an interesting one that could happen if they miss the playoffs. Not Matt, La- Matt Lafleur. Oh. No, they look no, they've been they've over exceeded expectations. I don't see that. Oh, I'm just I'm just throwing a name out there, you know. I'm be I'm like doing a a Colin Coward thing. Cause like the only names like when you look at who's probably gone, I can see is you know Mike Vrabel, um Ron Rivera. Like we'll wait and see on what happens with the Belichick stuff. Um another one I could see is Dayball, but I doubt they do it. I feel like that's no, gonna be a next year. No, no, no. Next, yeah. that's going to be next year. Your seat is hot. Like if the giant, if the Giants miss the playoffs again, that's a goner. Um, who's, who's another one? There's no one really that like would stand out to me. That's why I said Lafleur, just because like he's the maybe only Doug, Pier- Doug Peterson. You know what? That that is one because it's just like I can't see it, but like 
I'll say this with Jacksonville, Press Taylor has to go. You cannot have Press Taylor be your offensive coordinator next year. Yeah, no, they they I knew I knew Jacksonville were frauds, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but look at them from the basically from the beginning of the season, and then it was like, okay, we thought that San Francisco loss was like a humbling where it was like, you know, hey, like we realized we're not as good as we thought they were, but then you lose to Jake Browning. You lost I'm pretty sure they lost to Joe Flacco. Um they lost a, they got handled by Baltimore and on home in prime time. Like their only win was against Carolina recently, which that's not really saying much. So I guess will we see Doug Peterson and Tony Khan's long finger pointing at him next year? Who who really knows? Um Yeah. I don't I don't think it happens, but I wouldn't be surprised. One other quick name I will say that I think will happen, but I hope to God they don't do it, is Antonio Pearson Vegas. I feel like he has done enough to earn his keep there. Yeah, they should keep him. Um but I, I don't know. Raiders, the Raiders are weird, man. They just do weird shit. Um, I think he's earned the job, but yeah. you never know with Mark Davis. That's just that because, like, say, for example, if Bill Belichick becomes available and it's just like because Tom Brady has that, like, unofficial minority ownership stake where it's just like, hey, like, you can go get this name like you would have McDaniels. But ultimately, I think that it's for the betterment of the organization. Um, another name I will say because I think – I can see it happening, even though I don't think it. Sh- I, I, they said it won't. Is Eberflus in Chicago? Yeah, like, he's not great with the D. De- like he's going to go somewhere and be an excellent D coordinator. Like if you're the ba- if you're the Eagles, excuse me, you go get him as your d- defensive coordinator for next year. But um, like there's just there's not anyone that I can see that would like stick out as a surprise. You know, like everyone. I feel like if they get fired, like there's the reasons for it. There's not like the thing a thing is like, if you're on the fence about firing your coach, like look how many open jobs they're going to, that there's going to be this off season. And you have to compete with all those teams to like get the one or two great candidates that become available. And then you're left with these like coordinators that usually don't work out. So, I mean, I don't know. It depends. Exactly. Like, there's always, like, a handful of teams. Because, like, when you look at every – if we go division by division, the North, I don't think anyone's getting fired. The South, Vrabel and maybe Peterson. The East, Belichick's parting a ways. Um, Sean McDermott's another one. I do think if, like, they miss the playoff – if they do miss the playoffs entirely, I can see it happening. Even though they went on this crazy run. But just a miss just like that, I can see it happening. But ultimately, you know what? We're not the ones who make this decision. But we'll be here eventually to talk about when these decisions come down. Yeah. Anyway, guys, 2024 is off to a banging start here on YWC Football Talk. His name was mentioned a lot during this podcast, but Big Rat's going to be here Thursday night to talk about his Dolphins. He would have tonight, but he had some stuff going on, unfortunately. Or he's ducking Danny. I don't know which one it is. And then representing <laughs> UW, Alex is going to be back here Sunday night during Dolphins, Dolphins Bills. But we're going to be getting him set for Monday night's national championship. So we got two more podcasts coming out this week. It's going to be... Fun. It's going to be exciting. But like I said, Danny's going to be here all throughout 2024. I'm going to be here all throughout 2024. This is year four and season five of YWC Football Talk. And fellas and girls, we're not going anywhere. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.
Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.